How do you keep anger from getting out of control? Today on Ruta Daily, we're talking about how we can kill sinful anger. Welcome to Ruta Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and there's this passage in 2 Chronicles 28 that's really stuck in my mind. You know, the whole chapter is about how Judah had turned from God to idolatry by offering child sacrifices, and that was a heinous sin. We can understand that. So God disciplines Judah by sending Israel and foreign armies. The issue was that in disciplining Judah, the foreign armies stepped outside of God's will by taking hundreds of thousands of captives, including women and children. And that's when the Lord speaks up. He says that by doing this, they are guilty of virtually the same sin as Judah. And that's when the really extraordinary thing happens. After hearing what the Lord said, the captains of the army say, okay, you're right. And right then, they release the captives. And what I think is so unusual about it is that normally that's not the way it happens. When passions are stirred up, the, like what would happen after winning this huge military campaign, it's really hard to change direction. And anger has that same kind of passionate pull on us. Once it gets started, it's like an avalanche in our lives. If it rolls downhill long enough, eventually it has too much momentum to stop. Now, we know there are instances where anger is not sinful. Jesus was angry at times. Uh, the Christians and the early church showed us what righteous anger looks like too. But righteous anger is never uncontrolled. It's directed at the right things and to the right degree. Sinful anger, though, it doesn't seem to follow those same rules. It might start by being directed at one thing, but as that avalanche rolls down the hill, it gets bigger and bigger, and eventually it's going to destroy anything in its path, even if those things aren't the original target. That's an anger we should avoid at all costs. And when it creeps up, we've got to stop it before it gets too much momentum. And what about when righteous anger and sinful anger mix together? And we know it exists because Ephesians 4.26 uh, says, in your anger, do not sin. And the way Paul phrases that shows us that anger isn't always the sin in and of itself. Again, some anger is righteous, but even righteous, unsinful anger can lead to sin. Even if it starts off on a righteous footing, our anger can slip off that foundation to roll in a dangerous territory. And I think there's actually a middle ground that creates the kind of anger that is the hardest kind of sinful anger to stop. It's the kind that seems like it has a righteous foundation. And so it gives you a false sense of security to get angry. It's anger over perceived injustice. You know, we live in a, a nation in the United States with a clearly defined list of rights, and we pride ourselves on defending those rights. When someone violates them, when someone does an injustice against me, I should be angry. And that kind of anger is different than irritation. It's not short-term anger. Uh, we usually know those are wrong. It, it doesn't always stop us, but after we blow off a little steam, we, we simmer back down to those kinds of anger. But anger about perceived injustices, 
That's something that happens when we feel disillusioned or disappointed or, or discouraged or hurt, and it's easy to let it fester. You know, maybe it starts when you've tried and you've tried to find a resolution in a conflict with your spouse, but nothing has worked. Maybe it's a, a dead-end situation at work or a, a betrayal that cut us to the core. Maybe we prayed to God and we didn't see him answer. And when something like that happens, we can feel almost like it's our right to be angry because from our perspective, they appear unjust and therefore we feel more a victim than a sinner. But the longer that anger sits there, the stronger it grows, the more momentum it builds and eventually it will start hurting anyone or anything that gets in its way. We have to continually keep drawing the line between righteous and sinful anger. Reevaluate day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute if you have to. Keep asking, am I angry on God's behalf or on my own? Is God's will being violated here or is mine? In righteous anger, we join God in anger over evil. And it's an anger we feel with God, not at him. And this anger should be powerful. It should move us to action. Righteous anger feels grief, Mark 3, 5 shows us. And because it's actually an expression of love, it's not arrogant. It's not rude. It's not stubborn. It's not resentful. 1 Corinthians 13 shows us that. It does not, in reality or in fantasy, want revenge. Romans 12 shows that can't be the case. And since we join God in this love-induced anger, it moves us towards prayer to get closer to him. In Matthew 7, 15, Jesus said, we will be known by our fruit. That's the fruit of righteous anger. But sinful anger doesn't bear the same kind of fruit. Sinful anger is not with God. It's against him. Sinful anger alienates us from God. It doesn't move us towards acts of faith and love and justice, but rather towards acts of selfishness, like irritability or rudeness or bitterness. And it makes it almost impossible to get closer to God, to pray openly with God. That kind of anger needs to die. But it's hard to kill because its objection is so emotionally compelling. Well, but I have the right to be angry. That's how it feels, how we want it to feel. It feeds our pride and there's a, a selfish pleasure in indulging it. And the sinful part of us doesn't want to stop. But there's the key, that word pride. Pride is at the root of sinful anger. It, it's the pride that the injustice done against me is more deserving of a reaction than the injustice done against God. And, and there's only one way to put that sinful anger to death then, and it's humility. Sinful anger is fueled by pride, and so we have to cut the fuel supply off. And most of our anger is diffused in two simple, humbling ways. First, pray, and we know that, but the problem is that when sinful anger is rolling down the hill of our lives, we don't feel like praying. And that's when we need to remember that we need to expect not to want to pray. Prayer itself is an act of humility. But look back there at 2 Chronicles chapter 28. What stopped that massive army in the throes of passion after they won their military victory in their tracks? What made them immediately, right then and there, release their captives? It was a conversation with God. Prayer can do the same thing. Prayer can stop us in our tracks. It can stop the avalanche of anger, humbling us and refocusing us. And second, 
we should confess. Pride hates confession. Plain and simple, it takes humility to confess your anger. Sinful anger can get so big in our life that it's out of control. It takes over our minds and our relationships and our hearts. And if you let anger fester long enough, it can get too big for you to do anything about it. But it's not too big for God. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Confess your anger to God and he can stop that avalanche in its tracks. Killing sinful anger that feels justifiable is hard. It's a lie disguised in a robe of justice. And it's like a tumor in your life. If you don't kill it, it will kill you. But your anger is never too big for God. If you turn to him in humility, with him, you can kill sinful anger. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I cannot wait to sit down and open up God's word with you next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk today. Just send me a text to 317-207-2734.